In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, God actually asked Moses to appoint Aaron as a high priest and four from his children to be priests. And it was a very joyful day as we read in Leviticus chapter uh, 9 after Moses finished from this appointment and ordained Aaron as a high priest and his four sons as priests, it was a very joyful day. But immediately on the same day, something very bad happened. As we read in Leviticus chapter 10, if you want to read with us. Then Adab, Nadab, and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, so two of his sons, each took his censer and put fire in it and put incense on it and offered profane fire, profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So they offered incense, profane fire, before the Lord. And basically, this was not according to the commandment of God, which he had not commanded them. What happened? So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them. Aaron found two of his sons, he had four, two died, and they died before the Lord. Aaron was shocked to lose two of his sons, so he needed an explanation. So God spoke to Moses, and Moses spoke to Aaron, as we read in verse 3, and Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, by those who come near me, I must be regarded holy. Those who serve me, they should regard me holy. So when they offered profane fire, which actually is not commanded by God, they did not regard him holy. God said, your two sons did not regard me holy, by offering profane fire, which I did not command. And the second part, and before all the people I must be glorified. Those who serve me must glorify me before all the people. And we as Sunday school servants are required to fulfill these two requirements. To regard the Lord holy by keeping his commandment and to glorify him before all the people by also keeping his command. So not keeping the commandment of God means we are not regarding him holy in himself. 
we are taking God lightly as well as we are not glorifying God. Like if Abuna give you an instruction, then in front of your class, you did not follow it. This has two meaning. Number one, you are not taking Abuna seriously. You are breaking his commandment. And number two, you are sending message to your class, it's okay not to respect Abuna and not to follow his instruction. How much when we do it with God, we don't regard him holy as if his commandments, it's okay to break them. He's not holy. And also, I'm not glorifying God before the people. I, I'm sending a message. It's okay to disobey the commandment of God. Verse 4, Then Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the cousins, the sons of Uzziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said to them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. Why not Aaron? Why not his two other sons? Why the cousins of, of Aaron? So they went near and carried them but their tunic out of the camp as Moses had said. But again, Aaron needed explanation why I cannot go and bury my own sons. Why their brothers cannot carry their own sons and bury them. Their own brothers. And Moses said to Aaron and to Eleazar and Ithamar, Eliazar and Isamar are the two other sons. I told you there are four. Nadab, Abihu, Eliazar, and Isamar. Nadab, Abihu died, so he had two other sons. He told them, Don't uncover your heads nor tear your clothes. These were signs of grieving. Lest you die and wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the cousins of Aaron, and the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord has kindled. But why we cannot? He told them, you shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the meeting, lest you die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. You are still in service. So being in service, is more important if you are regarding God holy than going out to bury your own sons or your own brothers. This actually gave us a message how God wants to take the service very, very seriously. Very seriously. Sometimes during the liturgy, deacons who are serving in the altar, 
they go out for no reason. Deacons outside just they want to stretch uh, their legs so they go outside, talk, and then come back. Sometimes during the liturgy you are distracted by checking our messages, surfing the internet. So if God actually doesn't want Aaron and his two sons to go out to bury Nadab and Abihu, and this the old covenant, how God or how much God is expecting from us, the servants of the new covenant, whether my commitment to my Sunday school service, my commitment to the liturgy, my behavior and how I conduct myself during the liturgy or during Sunday school service, etc. This is the end of the story. But some church fathers start to say, what is the profane fire that made God so angry like this? And there are three explanations. And maybe the three together happen together, not only one. The first explanation in verse 8 and 9 from the same chapter, then the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink you nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation. So the Lord told them, Don't, when you enter the, the temple and offer incense, don't drink wine. Don't get drunk. So, the first reason, Nadab and Abihu most probably got drunk and then entered into the temple to raise incense. Then the Lord told them that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between clean and unclean. I will come back to this verse, but just keep it to your mind, in your mind. So that is the first reason, maybe they got drunk and offered incense. The second reason we find it in Leviticus chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron. Since he spoke after the death, most probably what the Lord said has to do with their death. When they offered profane fire before the Lord and died, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any just, any time into the holy place, the holy of the holies, inside the veil, beyond the veil. As you know, the tabernacle of meeting there was holy, and a veil, and beyond the veil, holy of the holies. Nobody was able to go inside the Holy of the Holies except the high priest and only once a year, once a year, in the day of 
um, the atonement and the rights of the day of atonement in Leviticus chapter 16. Before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die, for I appear in the cloud before the mercy seat. So most probably, they got drunk, and then they entered behind the veil, where they should not enter, because they are priests, not the high priest. They are drunk. And the third reason, the charcoal in the incense, uh, in the censer, should not be brought from, anything, from anywhere. But the charcoal should be taken from the wood of the burnet offering altar. Why? The burnet offering altar, they used to offer sacrifices on this altar. These sacrifices represent what? Christ. So the wood underneath it represents what? The cross. So this cross represents, uh, sorry, the, the charcoal that's taken from the cross, it became the charcoal on which they offer incense. In order to say that the Lord, the God the Father, smelled the offering of Christ as a sweet aroma, as we say in hymn Fayet of Enf. This is who offered himself, and the Father smelled him as a sweet aroma. So the purpose is not just to bring charcoal from anywhere. It's not about charcoal. It's you get the charcoal from the burned wood of the sacrifices, and then you offer it before God, so God smell it as sweet aroma. From where? It is in the same chapter, Leviticus chapter 16, verse 12. And he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord. So the burning coals of fire taken from the altar before the Lord with his hands full of sweet incense beaten fine. So the, the charcoal get it from the burning coals from the altar of burnt offering, and then he fills his hand with incense and bring it inside the veil that's on the day of atonement, and he shall put incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that's on the testimony, lest he die. Again, lest he die. If he didn't do this, he will die. So again, what are the three things that they did wrong? which the Lord did not command, they were drunk. Then they brought charcoal from anywhere, put it in the censer, and then put incense on it, and uh, entered beyond the veil, where they should not enter, because it was not the day of the atonement, and they were not high priests. So these are the three things. And of course, these three things has meaning. The high priest represents Christ who entered behind the veil into the holy of the holies, into heaven of heavens, entered by his own blood to get atonement, to find atonement for us, as we read in Hebrews. But it's not time to explain this. But let me go back to the verse in Leviticus 10, verse 10. 
When the Lord said that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean. In Arabic, unholy is translated al-muhallal. Al-muhallal means haga halal, lawful. يعني يمكن the English translation unholy in our mind means it is something bad. But no. Unholy means something lawful but not holy. Let me give you an example. A table. Nothing wrong with using a table. A table is lawful. But it is not holy like the altar. So that's lawful, unholy, but not like the altar. To play basketball, soccer, football, any kind of sport, it's lawful. But it is not holy, it's not like praying in the church. So God wants us to distinguish our behavior and how we conduct ourselves between, for example, coming to the church to pray holy or going to play basketball lawful but unholy. Just example, I cannot treat both the same regarding how I dress. Maybe I can go to play with short t-shirt but I cannot stand before God in the same way so God wants us to distinguish between holy and lawful and this verse is repeated several times for example in Ezekiel 44 23 Ezekiel 44 23 actually God was speaking about the priesthood and the requirement of the priesthood. Uh, from verse 15, but the priest, the Levites, the son of Zadok. And then he spoke about some requirements. How they enter into my temple, um, what are their garments or their vestments, uh, some requirement like in verse 20, they shall neither shave their heads nor let their hair grow long, etc., etc. Verse 21, no priest shall drink wine when he enters into the inner court. Marriage, they shall not take as a wife a widow or a divorced woman. Then in verse 23, one of the requirements of the clergy, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the unholy. Al-Muqaddas wal-Muhallal, holy and lawful. So it's our responsibility as clergy and as Sunday school servants to teach the difference between holy and unholy, holy and lawful, and cause them, cause the people to discern between the unclean and clean. It is repeated again in Ezekiel 42, verse 20. God was speaking about uh, the, the temple. 
then he, he said you need to put a fence around it. He measured it on the four sides. It had a wall all around, 500 cubits long and 500 wide. Why? To separate the holy areas from the common. He used here the word common for al-muhalla. For example, the church is a holy area. The social hall is common, lawful, but not as holy as the church that's consecrated. So God told him, build a wall around it to separate between the holy and the common. Right? So this concept is very important in the mind of God. As I told you, it's repeated several times. Another verse in Ezekiel 22, verse 26. And I just am mentioning all these verses to show you how this concept is important for God. God was disappointed with the clergy. Verse 26, chapter 22, 26. Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and unholy. How they conduct themselves within the temple, the holy and the holy of the holies, and outside. Nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the unclean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath, so that I profaned among I am profaned among them. So this concept between holy and unholy is very important for God. That's why in few minutes I like to speak about difference between holy and lawful, difference between holy and common, because God will be disappointed if we do not distinguish between what's holy and what's common. When we distinguish between holy and common, we need to differentiate between, this applied actually three things. Time, place, uh, human being, persons. So in time, there is time holy and time common. In the place, places are holy, places are common. In the persons, persons are holy and persons are common. Common doesn't mean bad. Doesn't mean bad or evil. Okay. Let's speak about time. One of the Ten Commandments, keep the day of the Lord holy, the Sabbath. So, does this mean that on the Sabbath I don't sin, but it's okay to sin from in the rest of the week? Definitely not. But meaning, keep the day of the Lord holy, it means that on that day you need to focus on spiritual activities. It is the day of the Lord. It is the day of the worship. So I cannot skip liturgy on Sunday 
in order to go and watch game. Nothing wrong with that. So, what are the holy days? The day of the Lord, Sunday. The feasts of the Lord. Even we call them holy days. Now, holy days mean vacation. But if you think about the word holy days, means days for the Lord. Not days of vacation, I skip going to the church during these days. The fasts also are sacred assembly. When you, you read in, in, in Jul, for example, and spoke about fast, he said, call for a sacred assembly. So it's a holy days. So these days, like Sunday, what is the, the, the psalm of Sunday? This is the, the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Rejoice by praising God and be glad in it, glorifying Him. It is the day of the worship. So, if I can come and worship on Sunday, then I must consider this is the day of worship. The times of feasts and the fasts of the church, these are holy days. I do spiritual activities in these days. I should not be distracted with other activities. It is actually grieving when I hear that if the Super Bowl came on Sunday, or came during uh, some celebration in the church. We skip the celebration in order actually to watch the Super Bowl. This means we don't know how to distinguish between what's holy and what's common. God wants us to distinguish. And we as Sunday school servants, we need to regard Him holy and to glorify Him before the people. If we don't distinguish between holy and common, this means we don't uh, regard him holy and also we don't glorify him before the people. Also, when we sin on Sunday, the day of the Lord or a holy day, actually, I violated two commandments. One commandment is the sin itself, and the other commandment keeping the day of the Lord holy. Pope Shenouda used to say, if, for example, you lied on Sunday, then actually you committed two sins, lying and the other sin is not keeping the day of the Lord holy. So any sin I commit on the day of the Lord, actually, it is double. The same applies to the day in which you take communion. 
that's about time. What about uh, place? Just as we read in Ezekiel, God told him, build a, a huge wall, high wall, to separate between holy and common. How to conduct myself in the church? Do I consider the church, I'm speaking, a church as a building here, a holy place? How I conduct myself? Sometimes when we speak loud in the church, even after the liturgy is over, when we laugh inappropriately, when we enter the church with improper dress or more clothes, we are not regarding the church as holy. And again, we are not regarding God holy and we are not glorifying Him before the people. The psalmist said, As for me, according to the multitude of your mercies, I enter your holy place. We are taking it for granted. But actually, none of us, and I'm first among you, is worthy to enter the church of God. If God holds us accountable, again, none of us and me the first are considered not worthy to enter the holy place. But according to the multitude of his mercies, we are allowed to enter. I'm sure all of you know the story of St. Mary of Egypt when she, she visited the Holy Land and she wanted to enter the Church of Resurrection and she felt there is a power prevented her from entering the Church. In the time past, those who are under canons, discipline, disciplinary canons, they were not permitted to enter the Church. There was chorus for them, for the repentant, and for the weeping. I wonder if God allowed a power to prevent those who are not repentant from entering the church. How many of us would be prevented and how many of us would be permitted? Uh, the respect to the church uh, as a holy place is not like before. People don't conduct themselves in the church as befits the holiness of God. Holiness becomes your house. Holiness befits your house. So, do we conduct ourselves in a holy way inside the church or not? Again, we need to distinguish between what's holy 
and what's common. We can laugh and we can joke outside the church, but not inside the church. And again, who he sins inside the church, again, it's double sin. Because he did not respect the house of God beside that sin itself. Then the third group is the people. Some people consecrated their life to God. And the more your consecration to God, the more your accountability before God. Because you are more holy or God expecting from you to conduct yourself in a holy way, understanding that you are holy, not just a regular person. So we as Christians in general, our conduct should be different from the children of the world. Do not be conformed to the children of the world, but rather be transformed. So all of us, all of us, we should conduct ourselves different from the children of the world. But even within the community of the believers, some school servants, for example, they should conduct themselves in a stricter way than the rest of the believers. Some activities maybe any person can do it, but you, as a Sunday school servant, you should not do it because you are considered holy, like how the church, I cannot just turn the church into a restaurant and eat inside the church. In the same way, you dedicated yourself to the service of God. Like how God in the Old Testament, the Nazarite, there was requirement from the Nazarite different from the rest of the Israelites. Why? Because they are dedicated to God. Deacons, they are required to enter into a narrower way, narrower gate than the rest. And the higher the rank, the higher your responsibility. Chanter, different from reader, from uh, subdeacon, from deacon, from archdeacon. And the same, what's expected from a priest is different from what's expected from deacon or uh, a Sunday school servant. And what's expected from the bishop is different than what's expected from priest, and so on. That's why St. Paul, in his letter to Timothy, and in his letter to uh, Titus, he told them, for a bishop, he should conduct himself in this way. 
for deacons, they should conduct themselves this way. Why? Why that this commandment or requirement for everybody? No, everybody is different. Again, to distinguish between holy and common, or holy and unlawful. So we as Sunday school servants, or deacons, or clergy, we should understand our calling. And as a Christian in general, we should understand our calling. And we need to conduct ourselves in a way that befits our calling. In September 2019, last year, we sent a letter to all the servants in all the churches, like a letter of commitment, they need to read it and to sign it. And it's a letter of commitment, me as a Sunday school servant, I should not do this, I should do this, etc. And some servants who understand the difference between the holy and the common, they sign it joyfully. But some servants, they refused to sign it. And said, what's wrong with that? Why you told us, don't do this and don't do this? What's wrong with that? Again, there is nothing wrong, but it's about your calling. You're different. You need to conduct yourself in a different way. As a person committed to the service of God, all of us, we are called to enter through the narrow gate. All of us, we are called to walk in the difficult way. But there are some activities and practices. Although nothing wrong with them, they are lawful. But if we commit ourselves to the service of God, we should, not re we should refrain like the Nazarite. He should not eat, uh, sorry, should not drink wine in the Old Testament, not even to visit a city or a village that has vineyards in order not to be tempted to drink wine has to grow his hair, like Samson. He should not touch any unclean body or dead person. These requirements are only for the Nazarite, not for any regular person. But God actually expecting this from his people. So, for example, in receptions, when we go as Sunday school servants and we drink and we dance and we dress 
inappropriately. And then we post all these pictures on our social media. We become actually stumbling blocks to others. And you made a commitment to serve the Lord. With this commitment, there is some requirements and some responsibilities. And you need to understand this. And you need to distinguish between what is holy and what is unholy. Monastics. For example, the monastic, when he entered the monastery, he should not leave the monastery except for illness or treatment. Leaving the monastery, is it sinful? No, it's not. Is it lawful? Nothing wrong with it. But he chose to be a monk or she chose to be a nun. Then they need to live up to this calling. They vowed all their life to the service of God. That's why they should not leave the monastery for any just reason. Otherwise, they did not distinguish between the holy and the common. The two sons of Aaron, by drinking and entering the temple, they did not distinguish that the temple is a holy place and they did not understand them as consecrated people to the Lord, they should not drink wine. And also, they violated the three things. They couldn't understand that they are holy people by being a priests. Then, by entering beyond the veil, the place, they violated the place, they didn't know that the Holy of the Holies is a holier place than just the Holy, and they are not allowed to enter beyond the veil. And the day, there was one day, the Day of Atonement, but they entered just in any day. That's why God was so disappointed with them. So I hope we can re-examine ourselves. Do we really understand the difference between the holy and the common? Do we understand our calling? Do we distinguish the difference between holy and common? Do we teach others the difference between holy and common? Because God was disappointed with the priests of Israel because they did not teach the people the difference between holy and common. We are a holy nation. We are royal priesthood, as we read in uh, Peter, the, the, the first letter of Peter. We are different from the rest of the world. So we need to live up to this calling, up 
to uh, this difference who are the holy nation of God and royal priesthood. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.